Hello, I'm Peter Ayers, and you're listening to Stages, the podcast that converses... The reality of that eight-show-a-week eight eight slog is really hard. When I start on a character, I have to draw them, and I'm, I'm not an artist. This is an effect built in myth and mystery. So you'd be sitting in this tiny little bio box with radiators all around you. Which was a funny thing because I don't think that play would have happened in that way if it wasn't at Griffin. You're a bit different to the other girls in this area. Yes, I thought, yes, I am. That was the days when they could smell an actor or a singer and think, oh, I've got six weeks. My sisters really taught me that, that I had to be versatile. This ostrich, pink ostrich feather sticking up out of my hair, out of this wig. My first career, as it were, was preparation for my second career. And her face was beaming. It was just beaming at me. I hadn't lost any of my passion or love for it, so it's been a joy to talk to you. Thank you very much. Hello, I'm Peter Ayers and you're listening to Stages. My guest today is Emily Cascarino. I had a great time catching up with Em after some hiatus as she's been busy with study and parenthood. But... She's currently preparing to return to the cast of Mamma Mia, the musical, as it prepares for a sparkling new season throughout Australia, opening in May. Emily made her professional debut as a swing and understudy in the 10th anniversary tour in 2009. She's gone on to play Nessa Rose, the Wicked Witch of the East, in the Australasian tour of Wicked, and she was dance captain and swing on Jersey Boys. More recently, Emily covered Emma, Wiggle on the Wiggle 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 Tour, a rare opportunity for a performer to don the yellow skivvy. I've known him for a while, bonding over our shared appreciation of the ridiculousness. You'll find out how in this conversation. She is effervescent, ever ready and ever delightful. Let's say hello to Emily Cascarino. You probably know more about it. <laughs> what, what, what do you insinuate? Um, no, I've just been out of touch. What, well, you've been busy raising children. Yes, I have. That's true. It's been a really busy couple of years. You, your laugh is so contagious. Is it? Do people say, have people said that before? Oh, I mean, I suppose they probably have, but it's also, you know, I was always the one that kept getting in trouble at school for being the, for talking too much or I laughing never, too loudly. You never got in trouble with me. <laughs> No, that's true. That's because you embraced silliness. I did. Yeah. I did. It was a bit silly. Yeah. It was a bit silly. Um, <laughs> I can't tell you the, the shock horror when you're in a crowded foyer and across the foyer, Mr. Eyes, Mr. Eyes. <laughs> you know you can call me Peter now. I know, I can't. Oh. I know, I just can't. Even when I send you a text message, it's PE because I can't, I can't bring myself. It doesn't feel natural to call you Peter. Why is that? Because <laughs> mum's a teacher? No, because you taught me. I just think it's a, um, I don't know, maybe it's a cultural thing. I just think I grew up calling you Mr. Ayers and that's just how I refer to you. Right. I'm also really bad if someone changes their name. I've got a number of friends who have changed their names over the years and I just can't get past what I called them when I was 16 because that, you know, that's how I knew you. That's how you came into my yeah. world. You're not good at reprogramming yourself. No, no. I'm loyal. I'm loyal to the original. Good on you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Miss Cascarino. Um, <laughs> lovely to chat. Um, we're, of course, we, we reconnected after, it's been a while, I think, um, at Hairspray Opening Night, which was a super mm, show. So much fun. Do you enjoy opening nights I, as an audience member? Yes. As an audience member, yes. There's yes. so much fun. There's always... Uh, there's always an extra level of, you know, energy and excitement and, you know, chatter, chit-chat in the, in the, you know, and everyone's coming together. People have come from all the other shows to come see things and it's, it's a always a big good get-together. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. always a good get-together. Sometimes that can be a bit overwhelming because there's always a lot of people and a lot of people you haven't seen for a long time. I find that sometimes overwhelming, but, you know, generally it's good fun. Be there with some fun people. It's good. What about as a performer? Do you enjoy opening nights? Um, mm, I find if well, I was a swing for so many years, but when I was performing on opening night, it can be scary because you sort of rehearsing. You do all this rehearsal, and you know what it feels like in your body. And then opening night comes around, and it just feels like a whole other thing. You all this extra level of adrenaline comes around. You're just not used to sort of dealing with that. Um, and so, you know, your voice breaks or things happen and people make mistakes and it's still fresh. So 
it's exciting. It's always very exciting, but it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that amount of adrenaline that performers have to deal with, um, I guess it's similar to, you know, medicos in an emergency room mm. or, or soldiers or mm. something. Um, you don't realise how much adrenaline passes through your body mm. when it's showtime. Mm. It's a lot. And it can be really hard to focus when you've got that coursing through your body. It can be really hard to sort of tune in on, you know, the task at hand and recognise what's good and what's not good, how to adjust your voice um you're making all these tiny micro decisions throughout the performance and um it can be really hard to focus on those tiny things when there's that adrenaline running around mm. what makes you happy em? oh now mm. well not oh, this minute this <laughs> minute but, but in life in your present, um, present life i'm really just loving the opportunities to be silly because i really think that and I was thinking about this on the way here. I really think just as you naturally get older, there are, you know, you've got mortgages or rent or bills and, and kids and life and logistics and ad life admin and, you know, just stuff. And you forget to be silly. And my most precious memories, you know, over the course of my, you know, 33 years are the silliest things that have ever happened to me. The, the times that I was the most... Um, you know just threw caution to the wind just to see what would happen and you know you sort of become vulnerable in those moments but just also just being so silly with friends and people and now with my kids just they're so silly and that's such such precious memories come out of that stuff silly is good I think yeah. that's why we bonded yeah I that, think so that too mutual appreciation of silliness yeah not take yourself too seriously yeah yeah but also that's particularly special when you're with people who care about doing a good job as well. Yeah. You know, because it's not, it's not all funny. It's, it's about having a good balance, mm. being able to tune in and focus and get the job done and do it well with integrity, but also, you know, have a lot of fun with it. Mm. Mm. Important in, in times at, at the moment where it can be a bit tough. We've had, you know, challenges like COVID mm. and uh, uh, mortgage increases and, and just life can be a little difficult at the mm. time. Do you fear anything? Do I fear anything? Yeah. Um, goodness, I think now the things that I fear, and maybe this is, I don't know, I don't know how this comes across, but I think the things that I fear now are really long-term things like climate change and mm. how my kids are going to, you know, what the world is going to look like when my tiny kids are grown up because social media and technology and climate change they're all really big big shifts culturally and socially and i'm that really does scare me because i'm okay i'm an adult you know now whatever happens to me from this point on it will even if it's truly awful and tricky but it's manageable and i've done awesome cool things with my life and i've really made the most of my time here but I'm terrified that I've brought two kids into the world that are now, you know, really vulnerable and susceptible to those massive shifts. Yeah, of course, becoming a parent is a huge responsibility, isn't mm. it? It certainly feels that way. Um, particularly because there's so much, so much that, you know, environmentally too, it's not just how you bring them. It's that nature-nurture thing. I can give them as much as I can, but, you know very early on they go out into the world and are affected and impacted by so many things mm. yeah it's scary is uh, this new production of mamma mia mm. um, it was your professional debut yes i believe yes um in 2009 yes yeah so going back to it do you think motherhood will change you as a performer yes very much so in what way um <laughs> i just prioritize my time differently and like I said I just feel you know we were just saying this before but I just don't think you can take things you know well I don't take things as seriously as I ever did before because you know things are just changing and shifting all the time and you can never you just sort of lose a lot of control over how things work and this opportunity now is such a you know it really came out of the blue and um, I really wasn't expecting it and I'm, I, I dread the day that I have to go on for Donna who I'm covering and have to sing slipping through my fingers and looking at this you know beautiful young girl and thinking you know it's just it will really change how I approach 
the work and the content and yeah, of course, because that's the central character of Donna. It's about a relationship with her daughter. Daughter, yeah. And you've got two, you've got a three-year-old and a fir- f- uh, one-year-old. Yes, yes. I was going to say first-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> it's not incorrect. It's a bit weird. <laughs> um, yes. So yeah, uh, one of each. Yes, a yeah. boy and a girl. Yeah, yeah, right. So that's yeah. yeah. Of course, it's going to come into play if you, mm. you do take on that. So, so Mamma Mia, you said it came out of the blue. How did it come out of the blue? You you decided you weren't going to perform again, or yes, it was probably after I did Wicked, which I think finished in two thousand and fifteen or two thousand and sixteen. Were you with it with a long time? Yes, yeah. years and years and years. Right. I was playing uh, Nessa Rose, and I was just not. Um, at the time I just wasn't very well I think my mental health was just really suffering and I was very 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 anxious and um, was it because of a long run do you think and, I don't and doing know the same thing every night yeah I, I've thought about it a lot over the years and I just think it's I'm probably genetically predisposed to you know depression and anxiety to, um, to be honest but i do think that it was exacerbated by the fact that Nessa Rose is such an isolated character. She's always on stage when everyone else is off stage and she's off stage when everyone else is on. So I was by myself the whole time and um, it was a long contract and I think I'd been very fortunate enough to have done um, Mamma Mia, Jersey Boys and then Wicked, all relatively long-running contracts and I was just away from home for such a long time. I had no anchor point there wasn't big gaps in between contracts. So I was just really, I felt like I didn't know where I was or who I was or what I was doing or what my priorities were. Um, And, you know, maybe a better move was to sort of take a sidestep and do something else in the the art space. But I just went, no, I've got to, I'm quit. I moved overseas. I went and did completely different things like studying psychology and, um, you know, all sorts of other things. And I just thought I'd never come back to it. I thought I was just done, cut cut and dry yeah so then um this came around I think after I had kids and it's funny my husband is a a lawyer and he just has never really seen me perform really like he's seen me do little bits and pieces of concert here or there but But he's really never seen me do anything yeah correct um he's never seen me on stage like that he's never seen me in the world he's never seen me auditioning for things or and so it was kind of I had some time and I the opportunity was there to start auditioning for things again just to see what would happen just to see how it felt and because I missed singing so I was auditioning for things just to sing to practice an excuse to sort of focus on doing something for myself with two little kids and take that time to hone in on a skill that I knew was there I just needed to sharpen it a little and um, I just really started enjoying it again for, for a very different reason it wasn't work it was really like really took me back to when I was at school and when I was younger and again just playing you know and having fun and singing these songs that I would never normally get the opportunity to sing because um, I'm you know would never get cast in those particular roles or that's not my you know general voice type and then just going oh stuff it I'm just gonna sing that one because I've always wanted to sing it and having the most amount of fun and then I went in for Mamma Mia and it was just, you know, like a lot of things, right time, right place. Um, I felt really comfortable because I'd worked with all those people before on the panel. It was a big, beautiful panel. And, um, yeah, it's and a lovely, I got in. Lovely, <laughs> it's a lovely serendipity, too, because in that original production, you were covering the younger women, weren't you? Yes, and now correct. Covering now we're covering all the, the mothers. Moms. Yeah, well, the older ladies, yes. Exactly, and I think that's really, um, you know, I... I find that really exciting. That's really fun. Mm. A lot of time has passed and a lot's changed. And I think it'll be really nice to sort of come back to it with a fresh, fresh heart, I think. It'd be really a, nice. Do you have a favourite ABBA song? Uh, my nana, my nan, my nana Wells, my mum's mum was a huge ABBA fan. I grew up singing, um, oh gosh, what was her favourite song? Chikatita was a big one. Um, but really... Thank you for the mu- oh man! Thank you for the music. It was an absolute riot in our house. We had pearls, string pearls, and feather boas and glittery jackets just for thank you for the music. When my nan put that tape on, yeah. it was amazing. 
They're the most extraordinary band, aren't they? Mm. Uh, their music just stretches across decades mm. and generations. Mm. I have kids at school singing an ABBA song, and I think, how do you know that? Yeah, you it's know. amazing. It's just one of those things that will, they really stand the test of time. Yeah. Um, you know, I, maybe it's I'm not supposed to say this, but it is quite simple. Like the pop music is just they really had the algorithm right. You know, but as, as tunesmiths, you know, mm. they write these these beautiful melodies mm. that, that you mm. can't get out of your head. Yeah, they're really catchy, it's easily, quickly accessible. Yeah. Yes. When did you first encounter ABBA? When did they come into your life? Oh, well, probably my nan. Um, when we were younger, like I said, playing, listening to Thank You For The Music, putting on the tapes, um, my nana dancing around the house. Um, she just, you know, she truly loved ABBA. And, you know, and I think about all the things that she's, not, she's no longer with us, unfortunately, but my fondest memories of my nan was just dancing around to her little tiny house up in Gosford with fake sunflowers everywhere and dancing to, with, you know, drapey pearls and, and feather boas to thank you for the music. Mm. That's not unlike my child. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty <laughs> fabulous if you ask me. It's good memories. So Mamma Mia features 22 of Abba's greatest hits. Right. Can you name them all? Oh, goodness. No, probably not. I mean, I could give it a fair go, but we don't no, have there's the a lot. Yes. <laughs> People recognise it when they go along. Um, so, yeah, so, so um, being a performer... Mm. Was that something you always wanted to do? That was a career aspiration? and I think so. It was just, you know, when I was younger, my parents were always involved in the theatre, Campbelltown Theatre Group. My mum and dad are still sort of, you know, I think my mum's only recently resigned as president of Campbelltown Theatre Group. Um, it's a huge part of our upbringing. Christmas Day was, you know someone was cooking in the kitchen and everyone else was out in the living room singing musical theatre. And we would sit there, my dad would buy an album and we would sit there, we would have to pass around the little booklet, the lyric booklet, and we'd be learning diligently every word to every song. Um, So it was really a big family affair. And even all of our partners that have come into relationships, probably excluding my, my partner, um, who's happy to sort of stand aside and watch. But everyone else is really into it. My brother-in-law's, you know, I think took over from my mum as president of Campbelltown Theatre and everyone else is directing. My other brother-in-law is, you know, works on the sets at STC and everyone's just, wow. you know, it's a big family thing. So it's always, I don't remember anything else growing up. Community theatre is quite wonderful, isn't it? Not only for the, the, the social aspect of mm. why people do it, but also those who would like to be performers. Mm. It's a wonderful grounding, mm. um, that holistic experience that you get um, by being part of a group like that. Mm. Where you can decide whatever department you want to have an experience in. You know, mm. I did that, I was a performer, I worked backstage, mm. I did makeup. I, yes. Yes, I think that's true. And especially, um, it's just, you get that real sense of community. And when you do move into professional work, if that is your path, um, I do sometimes think you lose that a little bit, that feeling, because everyone's got their designated job and you're paid to do certain things and you sort of stay within that. But really in community theatre, you can, it's just... It's such a great opportunity, like you said, to learn. You know, I, I was the same. I did sound, I did front of house, I sold programs, I did costumes, I, um, I mean, I never played in the orchestra, but I pretty much did every single other task. I was props, I was head of, you know, head of props, I was working backstage, um, choreographed and, you know, all sorts of things just to try it on and see how it feels. Mm. And it's such a safe little, it's a safe little community. Hopefully. Well, as you would know from those big commercial musicals, so many tribes come together to mm. different departments, different, mm. different people who come together to create the magic, which is a big uh, musical theatre show. Um, but I'm sure you've worked with those people who, who sort of, to put it politely, have their heads up their ass, um, <laughs> and really uh, just see the performer as the, the centre of things. Whereas mm. if you have that appreciation and respect for every department, it mm. makes for... Um, a more satisfying experience. Yeah, and I think that's true of most things. I think if you uh, have the insight to, or the opportunity to experience what everyone else is bringing to the party in, in any line of work, 
you know, um, then I really think you get a good appreciation of where it is that you fit in and how realistic it is, you know, how important everyone is and how without all of those other people, including you, that, you know, it just doesn't happen. Mm. Um, I think it's a really healthy relationship to have with the work. What was your favourite show at um, Campbelltown Theatre Group that you performed in? We did Zeusical the Musical and I played, gosh, I can't remember the character's name now. Um, not the mate, not Maisie, the other bird. Oh, gosh, I have to Big remember. Bird. No, the little one with the... Tweety bird. The one that didn't have a tail. Woodstock. Oh, my gosh. I'm naming famous birds. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one? Tailless bird. No. no anyway, it doesn't matter. I played the one of the birds. Right. Oh, gosh, my mum's going to hate me for not remembering that. Right. And I... It was just a lot of fun. It was really fun. It's a great... That is a great show. So it was Bat Boy. Didn't you do Bat Boy? I remember that around the time. Uh, my dad did Bat Boy. Right. I have never done Bat Boy, right. but that was one of those ones that our family did, sort of running around our living rooms. Everyone was allocated four or five characters each, and we all, you know, pretending to be hiding in caves, and it's good, good fun. I assume your folks then took you to a lot of professional theatre. Mm. Yeah, the first show that I ever remember seeing professionally was Beauty and the Beast. And um, I was so scared by the roar of... I, I can't remember how old I was, but I was so scared of the roar from the beast. I remember holding a box of Maltesers and I jumped so high that my Maltesers went rolling down the aisle. And I was, you know, just sensory overload. The magic that was happening on stage and my Maltesers rolling everywhere just felt like me in this magical wonderland. It was very magical. I remember watching... Um, Glenn Hogstrom was the beast um, who sat very sadly, he's no longer with us, but I've had very, the very, very, very um, fine opportunity to work with him many times after. And he's one of those very memorable people that I, you know, watched him when I was really little and then have worked with him many times since and really held on to that. He was like my, I don't know, the thing that sort of really made me want to do it professionally, I think. When I was little. You would have seen um, Bert Newton as Cogsworth too. I yes. Guess. And then you got to, to work with Bert as, Correct. as the wizard. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, and yeah. Yeah, there's lots of things like that where it sort of just comes, you know, you see people when they were, when you're young and they come back around and it does sort of feel full circle. But um, they're always really special, those relationships, because you really re- look up to them. Um in a different way, I think, to if you're meeting someone for the first time. Yeah. Hopefully you'll have the opportunity to take your kids along to the new Beauty and the Beast, which, mm. which will be playing from May, I think, yes. in Sydney. Yes, so. absolutely. I'm very much looking forward to that. So were your parents happy about a career in the arts for young Emily? Yes, I think so. I think uh, both my parents probably in another world would have tried, would have pursued it professionally if they'd had their time again um but so yeah they were very very proud and still are and and I'm proud of them now they're both doing things bits and pieces here and there professionally in theatre and film and tv um because they just really love it so yeah are they uh, a stage mum and a stage dad I my yes probably yes (laughs) my mum particularly in the most wonderful ways I definitely wouldn't be I wouldn't have had the opportunities I had if it weren't for my mum sort of entering me into every single talent quest around New South Wales for you know a good 10 years and the songs that I used to sing and the drills and the and the costumes and the hairdos and the whole thing you know it was just I'm very grateful for it but she was you know yeah she was a stage mum yeah. <laughs> I, I bet she comes along, knowing Ange too, I bet she comes along to um, the, the various big shows that you do yeah. several times. Several times. In fact, there was a competition between her and my brother at one point to see, because I was a swing in Jersey Boys, so it was never, um, they never knew when I was going to get on. There was a competition at one point as to who had seen it the most amount of times. I'm not sure who won in the end, but... It's pretty funny. Who could respond to the, the text first? Right? <laughs> Get a yeah, ticket yeah. And, um, and arrive at yeah. the theatre. So after, after secondary school, you obviously pursue training. Yeah. 
And that was at 85. Yes. Yes. That was, um, oh, man, that was brutal. That was hard work. A full-time dance for someone who could dance, but, you know, it wasn't their main strength. Um, it was really, really hard work, but I'm really grateful for that year. It taught me a lot. You'd had a pretty good baptism at McDonald College under yes. Jane, Jane Beckett's too. hundred percent, yes. But there was a big difference then between going, doing sort of a few hours a week or a few hours a day at the end of the day. Um, oh yes, yeah, absolutely. Jane Beckett, then yes, to going full time, yeah, 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 correct. Um, but I, yeah, that's right. I probably was off to a better head start than others who were coming into it um, without that. Mm. So, what are you learning at eighty-five in that? Um, full-on experience a resilience I imagine yeah resilience um, patience even things like stamina stamina yes but even just things like you know and I think that they're really good life skills but when things are really hard when you know you're sitting in a stretch for however long and someone's sitting on your back you know trying to crunch you in half and you know the teacher at the front is just going just breathe just breathe and you're going I can't breathe you know I can't breathe right now but like yeah correct yeah so stop talking (laughs) but now in hindsight there's been many many times in my life where I've in my head now I've still got him going just breathe (laughs) you know just things like that pushing through that um barrier of what you think your body and your brain can do how much how much you can handle did teach me taught me a lot that's a two-year course? I did at the time. It was a one-year course. I right. think it's changed now, I think. Right. But at the time, it was a one-year certificate. Right. So for yeah. I actually had um, a morning tea this morning, a coffee, with a student from the school I'm teaching at now. She left a couple of years ago, and she's at 85. Ah, oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, it was, was thrilling. So she's yeah. on her way too, which is yeah, great. There yeah, there you yeah. go. So what was the first gig you scored out of 85? I... I assume before you score a gig, you've got to get an agent. Yes, yes. Did that happen easily, quickly? Yeah, I, um, my mum, bless her, and my stage mum, mum, she enrolled, she um, sort of, I don't know how you say it, but she put me forward for this um, competition that Sean Rennie was running for Light the Night, the Light the Night concerts, um, those amazing events that we're running for those. At Yes, correct. And um, part of the... I think it was called the Rising Star competition and part of the winning was that you had an interview with an agent and um, yeah, that's how it happened. I won the competition and then um, met met the my agent at the time and went on from there and he sort of submitted me for the shows and I was very lucky. I auditioned for Mamma Mia while I was still at 85. I was probably halfway through the year and I got in and had to cut my um cut my training short because i think it started in september and the show started in september and so i didn't get to finish my year i didn't get to graduate technically but um i got my first gig so yeah very lucky your first gig which is equal also to an apprenticeship of sorts because you're learning from from masters Mm. on the job Mm. yeah exactly and like i said there was people like Hoggy, Glenn Hogstrom and Ann Wood and, you know, Lara Mulcahy and Jen and there was just so many wonderful people. But there was also, the good thing about Mamma Mia is that they always have a beautiful balance of experienced performers and fresh newbies. There's always this beautiful balance of of both of those things. So you've really got that sort of mentorship um, and... uh, you know, you know, good having those good leaders around really taught me a lot about you know how to operate in in the space because you know, like you said, there's a lot of people with well, not a lot of people, but there are people running around with their heads up their ass, like you said, and I feel like that's right. That's a quote that I've said. You're yeah. quoting me, Emily. <laughs> and um, yeah, I thought I think it's a really healthy way to start a yeah. career. Hanging out with some of those wonderful yeah. people. Yeah, there's not a lot, but there is the odd one. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Who pushes yeah. every button. Every button. In yeah. yeah, 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 correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. On ABBA too, I thought, oh, I'd love to see that um, hologram concert in London at the moment, uh, ABBA Voyage. My God, I've never even heard of it. You're joking. No, I have oh. no idea what you're talking and about. And you're, you're in the wrong show. <laughs> 
Um, there's this, this uh, concert at um, the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park in London uh, where they have avatars of the four ABBA. And ABBA went into you know, have dots on themselves wow. and, and all that sort of thing. So you can go and you can see this sort of 3D immersive experience like you're at a concert. Oh my word, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. That is so cool. I'm glad you know that because when they ask you at the first day of rehearsals, know, then I'll be really, I'll have you'll cool be up on it. Trivia. Mm. <laughs> um, Natalie Wood's younger sister. Oh my word, yes. Uh, what was her name, Anne Wood? Um, no, Lana. Uh, Lana Wood, yeah. yes I know that. Yeah, yeah. Sister. Testing me. Testing me. Uh, <laughs> about the original Mamma Mia cast. Yeah. <laughs> um, was that fun, doing some screen work? It was, yeah. And I just started at McDonald College at the time. So I really just thought, you know, my life was so cool because I'd just gotten into McDonald College and I just started this new school and I got into this movie with Peter Bogdanovich directing and oh, you know, wow. it was really really cool he's big um, yeah i know yeah. yeah he was fancy who was playing natalie wood um i can't i can't remember her name i'm so bad <laughs> so bad i'll check imdb and i'll get back to you yeah, right, <laughs> i'm not um i'm not good at remembering those things because it's really i know this probably sounds really silly but it's really sort of unimportant how you know um how cool all these people were it was just really fun at the time to be doing something so different and so you're only about what 16 or something yes yes 15 16 yeah yeah Yeah. so so you you're attempting to work during your teenage years too yes that was my mum my mum truly my mum put me up for um all sorts of auditions and castings and had me in for you know general screenings for all the casting agencies all the time and because you've got a couple no. of siblings. Did, yes. Were they pushed as well or were you the, yes. the dainty June? No, well, I'm the eldest, so right. I did. I was the sort of guinea pig. But, um, you know, they, we all did it. We were all, um, we were all part of Joan Gibson's modelling agency when we were younger and um, had our headshots taken. Did you do and, commercials? Um, I don't think I was. No, I don't think I did. Right. My sister, yeah, my sister did. My right. brother did a couple of bits and pieces, but... Yeah, I wasn't cool enough. Oh, yes, no, I think you were very cool. <laughs> very cool, very silly. Um, <laughs> Reefer Madness. Uh, oh, my goodness. Where did you find all these I things? I forgot. my <laughs> God. Reefer Madness. How yes. old were you? And, and how could Ange let her daughter be part of a musical about yeah. smoking dope? Yeah, that is a good question. Yes. I think at the time I was going through a real rebellious, right. real rebellious I'm doing this. phase. Yeah. Mm. And um, that was Squabble Logic. That feels like that was, you know, early days. 2008. Squabble Logic. And, yeah. and the early days of Squabble Logic, I think, too, which, which never failed to, to present really exciting oh, musical theatre. Always. Theater. Yeah. always. Mm. Excellent theatre, excellent, you know, really good quality stuff, and um, which is, you know, why they are where they are now, but, and doing more excellent stuff. Um, but that was, again, just such good fun. The script was so silly. And I was, yeah, I was the... Sally Debanis. Sally Debanis, which mm. I'm trying to think of a really delicate way of putting, you know, I was like the whore. <laughs> okay. You know. You've got it could range. be further from the truth. You've yeah, I've range. got good range. <laughs> I'd be casting you as Maria Von Trapp. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Although I did see you play a whore in Jersey Boys. <laughs> That's true. There's something about me in silky red dresses that just keeps coming back to haunt me. Not in Mamma Mia, though. No. There'll be none of that. None of that. None of that. Um, So, Wicked, that was the original production in Australia, too, with... um, I think it was the second second round, the second iteration. Because there were three Nessa Roses before me. Right. Or two Nessa Roses before me. Um, Yeah. Do you so have when a did little, I do it? 20, 20, do, you a, do you have a Nessa Rose support group? <laughs> no, but that's an excellent you idea. You should or start a Facebook page or something yeah. where you can share your experiences. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. Do you audition well? Uh, I think I was getting really good at it. Like, 
you know, 10 years ago or whatever it was that I sort of, you know, decided I would stop auditioning. I think you just sort of get into a good rhythm and you have the songs that work for you, whether you're nervous or not. And you have the, um, you, you get to know who everyone is, even the people that, you know, the wonderful people at the desk doing the, mm. you know, the admin stuff. You just get to know and you just get more relaxed. And I think as I get older, that gets harder. Not only is my body less, not as responsive as what I remember it being, but um, I think you get more nervous mm. as you get older. So what's your I advice to auditionees, you know, that, that young 85 trainee who might be listening now or yeah. a, a kid at secondary school? Yeah, I think it's tricky because everyone has such a different auditioning technique, audition technique. I, for me, I need to be, you know, it's tricky. It's hard to do because there's a thousand people running around, but I need to have, you know, as quiet a space as possible. And I just need to keep going over it and over it and over it and over it and over it. Because I have this thing that I'm scared. If I, if I don't go over the lyrics one more time, I'm just going to forget them, which as you may be guessing, I'm just terrible. My memory is terrible. I'm not very good at holding on to information. So I do always forget the lyrics. Um, so I feel like that for me is just my routine going over it and over it and over it and over it and over. I can't be chit chatting to everyone else around. I've just got to focus yeah. um, and keep breathing like my beautiful breathe. teachers just from 85. Breathe. Just breathe. breathe. It's so easy. Just breathe. There's no one sitting on your back. <laughs> um, it must have been nice to return to Wicked in the role of Glinda for Packham in production. Yes, that was again so much fun. Um, I feel like I keep saying that, but I really just have had it. I've had a lot of fun. I don't think I would normally be, I don't think I would be cast as Glinda um, by GFO, which is fine. But then when the opportunity came around with Pacamin, I was like, absolutely yes, because she's an excellent role. And she's and silly. She's, she's really so silly. silly. <laughs> she's so silly. And yeah. That was so much fun. I'm really sad. That actually, it was really heartbreaking because that would have been the first time that my partner had ever seen me perform properly. And, you know, my friends that I've made over the last 10 or so years that don't know me as a performer, they know me as a social worker or a psycho, you know, a psychologist. Um, they were all really excited. It was going to be really fun to have them all there watching that. But COVID and, you know, all of that, and so it didn't ever get to happen, but um, I think it got shut down maybe a week or two before we were supposed to open. It was such a shame. Oh, didn't you get but, to play um, the season? No. Oh. We, it, we were going into sort I of our tech that. weeks like two days later or, you know, half a week later. It was such a shame. And then we just got shut down. That comes we back never to me. Got to, we never actually got it up on stage. Because, of course... As soon as I saw your name, I thought, I have to go and see him and see him. Mm. And I bought a ticket on the, um, you know how we've got vouchers? Yes, uh, yes. During COVID time. Yeah. To, the Dine and Discover thing. Yes, yes, yeah. to support yeah. the arts. So yeah. that's, I used my Dine and Discover to go you. and see Wicked. Aww. And I had to get then a refund and go and see something else. <laughs> which wasn't as satisfying because Emily Cascarino wasn't in it. But um, we live. We live, we, live, we do. We, we live, move on. We live. Yeah. Um, do you have an opening night routine? A ritual? A no, superstition? Not really. I, again, I because I was a swing for most, for the, you know, couple of the shows, for most of the shows that I did, I wasn't on. And so we would, me and the other swings would just be sort of hanging out in the green room and having our own little sort of pre-opening night alcohol-free party right. and you know watching from the sidelines and trying to be a part of the atmosphere but I wasn't, wouldn't normally um, be involved very much right. oh. um, meant you could get dressed early I suppose there's That's a benefit nice. plus there but no I think that when I got to Wicked I didn't really build a routine um, no well you know uh, those shows don't mean a thing mm. if they ain't got that swing <laughs> <laughs> That's good. How have I not heard that before? Uh, what? You haven't, have you? No. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> so, you're swinging again in Jersey Boys. Yes. Uh, to the listener who may not know what a swing is, um, describe that. What, what is that job description for a swing? Because mm. I know what it is, and yeah. to me it seems extremely hard. Mm, I think it's the best job. I think it's the best job in the industry, but it is... Um, 
it's tricky and it takes a certain type of person I think because there's a lot there's a lot to hold in your head and there's a lot of trust you have to be okay with being you told vulnerable. me not 10 minutes ago that you couldn't hold things in your head yeah it's a good point <laughs> I don't know how I managed it that's a really good point I never well I look I made a lot of mistakes I made a lot of mistakes um and you know but, you know, you get by. But I think the thing is, with being a swing, you have... I mean, I think in Mamma Mia, I had 13 roles, 13 tracks to, that I covered. Uh, Jersey Boys is obviously only the three girls, so I covered all three of those girls. And each track has its own dialogue, its own dance moves, its own There are positions track. on the stage, but also backstage traffic, who they run to for a quick change, where your shoes get stored, where you pick up your props from, who you pass in front or behind when there's a quick backstage pass... It's a real, it's really, you know, once the show starts and the curtain goes up and you're in your starting position, it's a track that, you know, goes on stage and off stage. Costumes, when you go into the dressing room, um, it's the whole thing sort of uh, blocked, I suppose. Um, and so a swing learns all those tracks uh, for the ensemble and sometimes for some of the, the leads. And whenever someone gets sick or they are injured, they go on for those tracks. So they have to be ready at any time. Many a time I went on for people, they would get through the whole show and they would be off stage vomiting just before the bows. And so I would be like no makeup thinking I'm ready to go home and I'd run on just to bow, which is ridiculous because I didn't do anything. But, you know, someone needed to fill that spot and there I go. It's quite, I mean, it's really, um, it's super fun. It's really terrifying. And you have to, like I said, you have to be okay with being vulnerable all the time. But because those tracks and those plots are laid out and once the show's up and running and everyone knows what they're doing and there's a sort of, there's a routine um, and it's the show's relatively the same every night, um, you know, people sort of bumper by you about, oh, you know, quite often you'd start running off to stage left and they'd be like literally nudging you off to stage right. You'd think, oh, that's right, that's right. That's right. I can't, couldn't remember who I was tonight. Um, that happened all the time. You, maybe, maybe I wasn't a very good swing, but that happened to me all the time. Well, you quit swinging again, so you must have yeah, made some impression. Yeah, yeah. Do you get to follow the performers around to, to learn yeah, what the tracks are? Yeah, a lot. I mean, you have rehearsals twice a week to... Um, to sort of get it into your body but in but for the most part you're just following people around backstage um tracking them and you know taking notes and making sure that you know who like i said who you get your hat off and where you get your prop from and um how much time do i have to do that quick change and yeah and just taking it all in and you're in at the theater every night yes every night you get your own little swing room well you have a you're, you're in the dressing room for the most part with the other with the right. ensemble yeah yeah so what do you do during the show? Can you relax and do your knitting or uh, write a play? Or, all sorts of things. It depends. Anything, when the, when you're on play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You're on, you're on tenderhooks initially because there's a lot to learn. Yeah. So you spend every night up on stage level, backstage, following people around, trying to stay out of the way, but also trying to, you know, watch every single tiny um, move and action that they take. Um and then when you're not following them, you're watching them. Sometimes you're sitting in the green room watching on the, you know, the tannoy system backstage, watching on the TV back there so you can see it as a big picture thing. Sometimes you go out into the auditorium um, to watch it from the front to get the sense of what the energy feels like on the stage. Um, I mean, by the end of Jersey Boys, yeah, I'd been on the show for years and years and years and I was literally just knitting blankets waiting for waiting to get on it was just I knew I knew the show so well I could, could have done it backwards I quite often went on for roles that I didn't even cover when there wasn't enough boys or men to go on I would often then just stand in for the men which is hilarious um, and but it happened you know a fair bit <laughs> do, well they don't do it now do they I was going to say do you, do you get that announcement at the start of the, the show in this evening's performance the role of XXYZ ah. will be played by Emily yeah, I think they do it if you're fancy and you're a celebrity, but right. I don't think. But now they... you would look at the board and the foyer. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got to be active in, you active participant as an audience member right. now. Right. See, there's a truck. You said yeah. the, the double glazing is quite good. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the first one I've noticed, though. Yeah, yeah. Just we're conscious one. of them. Mm. Uh, the big shows you've been part of, of course, tour. 
widely, mm. Mamma Mia will tour. Mm. This time you've got two little ones. Yes. Will they tour also? Yes, they will. Will they be show babies? <laughs> yeah, I show suppose mascots? so. Yeah, they will be. Fantastic. Um, yeah, they're both going to come. My partner's going to come. We're all going to go together. It's going to be a big adventure. Oh, brilliant. Yes, because yeah. um, being a mum now, having a family, it's important to have that supportive network. Yes, yes. An understanding partner and who's yes. going to um, support you in... Uh, yes, it's going to be wild. It's yeah. going to be a lot of new things for everyone. Um, but I certainly think it's going to be worth it. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know how it's going to go yet, but... We're going to see what happens. Son or daughter or both. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. With grandma will grow up to be famous performers. <laughs> yeah. And they will cite that, uh, that experience right. of touring with mum in Mamma Mia. That's where it all started. Yep. Yep. That's where it all started. <laughs> um, it must have been exciting to be the yellow wiggle for a while. Oh my word. It actually was. It was really fun. I went to school with Emma. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time together. We were... Um, you know, we did everything together when we were at school. So when she called me, knowing that she was going to have to have some time off, um, yeah, it was a real privilege too. It was she's a good friend, and I think she, um, you know, wanted someone that she could trust stepping in there. It was only you know, it was a couple of weeks or a couple of months, whatever it was, but um, that well, was wild. Well, it was probably easy because they just had to cross M and A on the <laughs> yeah. title and just put I L Y. Yeah. So instead of Emma Wiggle, it was Emily Wiggle. Yes. Were you not? Were you still Emma Wiggle? Were you, or, or did you, the I was Emma's, acknowledge that you were? Yeah, what? I was Emma's friend, Emily. Great. But I think when you know, because when you grow up with people, you act very, you act the same. And when I hung out with Emma, and when I hung out with people that Emma was, you know, part of Emma's world, I, you sort of slip back into the the person that you were when you were fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Um, and I think there was probably a lot of people that um, couldn't tell us apart, to be honest with you. Um, once you got the wig on and, and, the, and the costume and you're being just as silly as her, I think it was probably tricky for the kids to tell the difference. They were like, what do you mean? It's Emma, Emily, Emma's friend. Let's go. Let's dance. They didn't care. Could I be Peter Wiggle, Emily's <laughs> friend in a yellow... I think you would look excellent in a curly red wig. Yeah, be fantastic. <laughs> um, but that's what what a, a great accolade because there's not many people who've been a wiggle. I know my kids think I'm the coolest yeah. person on the planet. Yeah. yeah, my eldest, my three year old's only just now starting to understand because you know again he looks at a picture of me he's dressed as Emma Wiggle and I just look like Emma Wiggle. Um, yeah, it's pretty fun. I'm so cool to my kids. <laughs> just, just I think you're cool too. <laughs> what is especially cool is that you've also along the way, along your your, your journey, taken a, a master's in psychology. Well, I started my master's. Right. Yeah, I started my master's, and um, you know, COVID and and having a family, it just all sort of got a bit much, and I put it in a box for the minute until. You know, until further notice, we'll see what happens. Right now, it's not really the right time. Um, but I might come back to it, yeah. But beginning that journey, was that because you can see an, uh, an end date on performing and mm. you want something that you can then, a career yes. that you can then follow through? Or was mm. it to stimulate the brain? Or uh, It was a bit of both. Yeah. I started just, um, I just felt like I was, you know, lost. I'd been doing back-to-back -back shows and I was touring and didn't know where I was or who I was, like I said. And I um, just started doing the free free courses on MIT from MIT um, over in the US this is before you know this is even early days of people studying online so I was just doing these free sort of 10-week courses to work out what it is I might want to do and psychology felt good um, and then I enrolled and I started studying while I was touring with Wicked I completed my four years of a psych degree right yeah well, we've become more aware of mental health in the performing arts industry. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe down the track, yeah, you might merge. And I think I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw the struggles that I had when I was on a show. I think I saw a space for me to be able to um, give back and be able to, you know, offer that service to people, that help that people so desperately need. Um, as someone who comes from that world as well and has that experience. Um, 
yeah so that's definitely something I think you know in time I'll probably come back to mm. but something in the immediate future that you're coming back to is Mamma Mia yes um, a fabulous musical um, Sydney Lyric Theatre from May yes and then Brisbane yes at QPAC yeah. in August yeah Melbourne at the Princess Theatre you're playing some great venues yes from October 2023 uh, and features 22 of Abba's greatest hits none of which Emily can name <laughs> <laughs> uh, great cast too Elisa Can and uh, Dione Zanotto Bianca Bruce Tim Wright who, mm. who I know from Whopper he's a oh, lovely bloke really? I've never course, not met him and he's just uh, finished a couple of shows on Broadway oh really? Fun. oh Emily I'm glad we're having this talk today <laughs> so you don't go looking like a big goose at the first I know, I'm the day worst. of rehearsal I know I really lean on my friends to keep me up Tim right. was in the, the Bridges of Madison County oh that's cool the Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, mm-hmm. and Take Me Out. Oh, fun. Yeah, three Broadway credits. Wow. Yep. Good on him. Can't yep. wait to meet him. Yeah. Sounds so, like a hoot. Say hello from me. I will. Martin Cruz, also a whopper grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, huge career in the West End. Mm-hmm. Do you know Marty? Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, you know I Marty. do. Okay, yes. I'm glad. <laughs> and uh, Drew Livingston, playing yes. the other dad. And, uh, of course, my guest today. Emily Cascarino. That's <laughs> me. That's you. Em, it's been such a delight to catch up again. I'm so, so glad fun. we ran into each other in the yes. foyer and I look forward to seeing you and Mamma Mia. Thanks, Pete. I did it! You did that I was I was you rehearsing that, that in my head audience. the whole time. Right. <laughs> you still owe me an essay too. Oh, what? You still owe me an essay. I probably do. Yeah. probably right. No, you don't. <laughs> um, have fun with the show and it's been lovely being silly with you. Thank you, too. Thanks, Pete. She called me Pete. She called me Pete. Not the same ring as Mr. Eyes, mind you, Em. I think we should go back to the old way. It doesn't have the same ring ring. Something that does have a familiar ring ring is Mamma Mia. Set for a return season in May. A chance to fall in love with Mamma Mia all over again. In 2017, an all-Australian creative team restaged the production to create our own unique Australian production. The audiences and critics raved. Mamma Mia is the perfect antidote for our times, featuring 22 of ABBA's greatest hits, including Gimme Gimme Gimme, Voulez-vous, Dancing Queen, SOS and Take a Chance on Me. This is your chance to revisit the iconic soundtrack of our lives. The original production of Mamma Mia opened in London's West End in 1999 and is still playing there, becoming the sixth longest running show in West End history. Since first wowing audiences and critics, the production has gone on to play in over 50 countries, in over 440 major cities, to over 65 million people. And the show once again features stages guest today, Emily Cascarino, Chukazem and company for a wonderful season. Thanks for joining us in this episode. It's great to have your company always. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. You can do that at the bottom of the page on Apple Podcast where you uh, accessed this particular episode. Would be greatly appreciated and helps get the word out there and uh, alert people to what a wonderful podcast Stages is. As I say, thanks for joining us. I'm Peter Eyes. Keep well, keep warm, stay safe, and I'll catch you next time. Come on, everybody, let's hear it together on Stages.